no okay well let's not then anyway so good morning and we are glad that you are here in the lord's house if you're watching hello good morning i know that there were there are some who were uh, not feeling well and they were not able to be here today so if you're watching maybe you're in bed asleep but um if you're watching hello and we miss you and uh, get to feeling better so we have a few different announcements if you have not yet brought your items for the month of january uh, we need gloves hats mittens scarves any kind of warm thing to go into our shoe boxes we would like to um i told somebody i don't know earlier a month ago that we would like to surpass what we did this past year which was 46 boxes so you know we we want plenty of stuff to put into our boxes if you have shoe boxes i know someone who just got new shoes so if you uh, <laughs> if you want to bring your shoe boxes then you are welcome to do that. Bring them back here. And um, if you'd like to pay for shipping costs, it's $10 this year. Uh, they they went up last, uh, this past time, and, and so it's, again, it's $10. So keep that in mind if you'd like to, to add to that fund. Also, if you're getting an early start on the month of February, it is uh, any kind of oral care because that is... But the month of February is uh, is oral care month, so make sure that you're you know brushing your teeth real good. <clears throat> but something that something that they said, to, so you can bring uh, floss or those little the little flossers or um, toothbrushes. Something that they said to us while we were there at the facility, and so those who went to the facility, y'all heard and y'all can attest to this. They said that some of the countries where these boxes are sent are so poor that the family only gets one toothbrush whatever comes in the in the child's box the family I know I know I thought about you that you'd be grossed out that the family only gets one toothbrush and that they share it among themselves because they they don't have any and they don't have the means to go if they're out in in villages there's no way for them to go to the Walmart or the the convenience store to pick up a toothbrush so we want to put plenty of toothbrushes into the boxes this year we want to put more than just one we've tried before just you know one or two but we want to put in plenty this year so when you buy those uh, when you buy your toothbrushes if you'll buy the the packs that have you know four or five within the pack that would be well appreciated because we do want to to send plenty this time because we we had no idea that that was the case but um but they did tell us that that was something that that they have heard of happening so keep that don't keep that in mind but please do buy lots of toothbrushes um also our uh, baby bottles if you have not gotten a baby bottle if you weren't here last week when they were available i think there's a couple left back there so uh, we are collecting money from now until february 19th we're collecting things for the um, crisis the lake norman crisis pregnancy center so you can fill up that bottle you can also fill a virtual bottle i, I listed the ways last week um in the newsletter uh, i had a link to fill up a virtual bottle so if you would like to do that uh, that link is there i'll i'll put it back in, uh, tomorrow in there so you can click on it and, and have a, a virtual link to that please fill up the bottles we've already had a couple filled and uh, we're, we're excited about that so between now and then we're showing love for the month of february that is our focus for the month so 
make sure that you are showing love in this way or in, in any other way that, that you can think of. I'll have some suggestions in our newsletter. But anything that you can, any way that you can show love to uh, Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the world, that is our goal. That's our, our vision, our purpose. Uh, any uh, Next week is, next week? Is first Sunday meal? Oh my golly! Next week is first Sunday meal, y'all. So if you'd uh, if you'd like to bring soup, I explained that normally it was Super Bowl Sunday, and so we would have soup. It's not going to be Super Bowl Sunday, but if you'd like to bring soup, you're welcome to. But if you'd like to bring anything else, you're welcome to do that too. But we do want you to be here on uh, on that day and bring lots of people and lots of food with you. Amen. Yes. So I I teach. On the, I'm out of school. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> but I, I teach cotillion to seventh and eighth graders. I've done that for goodness eight or nine years. Mooresville Junior Cotillion, and and so January through February, all my Fridays, uh, Friday nights are booked because I'm I'm teaching etiquette to these twelve, thirteen, fourteen year olds, teaching them how to how to shake hands. And uh, how to how to take a message if they're answering the phone, <laughs> you know, all these different things. How to write a thank you note, all this stuff. So this past Friday night, so I get um, the the seventh and the seventh and eighth graders. Um, the seventh graders they're coming in, you know, firsthand. They're fresh. The eighth graders have already been in, so they remember some of the stuff from last year. Well, maybe they do, or maybe they don't. I don't know. But one one guy when we were looking over our stuff for Friday, he said, last year you told us such and such a thing, that this was a rule. And I said, oh, did you did you agree or disagree? He's like, I don't know, I just remembered. I was like, oh my goodness, I was so excited. I was so glad that, you know, something had stuck. So I just, I hope that, because y'all, I'm telling you, I, sometimes I can't remember what I preached two, three weeks ago, but, but I hope that something sticks. I hope that, that the Lord will plant something within your heart, that through his word, that you'll be able, even a year from now, to look back and say, not because of anything that, that Jennifer said, but because of what God has done in your life. So I just pray that today the soil of your heart would be would be loosened and God could plant his seed into your heart. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to you. We're so thankful for who you are. God, we just lift you up and we give you praise. You are so great and greatly to be praised. God, you are worthy of everything that we could give you and so much more. God, I thank you that you've given us this this time together. Lord, that you woke us up this morning, that you brought us into your house, and that you allowed us to come together as a, a fellowship of believers. God, I just I thank you. I praise you. God, and today as we lift up our voices to you in worship, I just pray that you would accept our worship. Lord, that you would receive it as a holy fragrance to you. Lord, that and that you would receive what we give as as adoration, as worship. Lord, is that you would come down among us, that you would dwell in this place, and that your Holy Spirit would fill each and every heart. God, I pray that if there are those here who are hurting physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, Lord, that there would be healing today before they leave. God, for those who are watching online, who for whatever reason can't be here, I pray strength and anointing on their lives. God, I pray that your will be done, that you would speak into each and every heart today. 
God's self in our hearts to receive. Lord, just accept our worship. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are good. My hope is built on nothing. And righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but holy trust in Jesus name sing that again my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly trust in Jesus name Christ alone cornerstone weak made strong in the Savior's love Through the storm He is Lord Lord of all When darkness seems To hide His face I rest on Him unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil Christ alone cornerstone weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm he is Lord Lord of all he is Lord Lord of all Christ alone He's my cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all, Lord of all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are Lord of all. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you this morning. Have your will and your way in this place. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within his presence 
I speak Jesus And I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing And your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over fear and all anxiety To every soul held captive by depression I speak Jesus Cause your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire Shout Jesus from the mountains And Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness Over every enemy And Jesus for my family I speak the holy name of Jesus Declare it today. Shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. And Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus. One more time. Shout Jesus. Shout from the mountains and Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy and Jesus for my family I speak the holy name of Jesus oh your name is power your name is healing your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire Your name is power Your name is power Your name is healing your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire 
just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind because I know there is peace within his presence I speak Jesus this is the only name <laughs> thank you Jesus yours is the only name Yours is the only name, God. You were reaching through the storm, walking on the water, even when I could not see. In the middle of it all, when I thought you were a thousand miles away Not for a moment Did you forsake me Not for a moment Did you forsake me And after all You are constant And after all You are good after all you are sovereign not for a moment will you forsake me you were singing in the dark whispering your promise even when I could not hear. I was held in your arms, carried for a thousand miles to show. Not for a moment did you forsake me. And after all, you are constant. And after all, you For a moment, will you forsake me? Not for a moment, will you forsake me? Every step, every breath, you are there. In every tear, every cry, every prayer. In when my world falls down Not for a moment Will you forsake me? Will you forsake me? 
not for a moment will you forsake me not for a moment will you forsake me he is great give him praise this morning he is worthy we thank you lord Somebody needs to jump over the church with me. <laughs> Praise God. Aren't we blessed? We are blessed indeed. And I am glad that I am one of His. And He belongs to me. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. How much are we blessed? How much, how much are we blessed of God? And it's so good. I, I tell you, we are blessed. You, you Count the number of shoes you got in your closet we're blessed I remember when we had school shoes and church shoes school shoes church shoes that's what I had probably now I've got more shoes than I've ever had of course I'm sure that brother Williams has more than I do he is a shoe connoisseur praise God but I tell you it just goes to show me that we are blessed of God more than we ever praise Him for. We are blessed. He has given unto us, praise God, and it might be that we have followed Luke 6.38, that give and it shall be given. Give it shall be given. Amen. And I want to tell you, you cannot out-give God. Praise the Lord. The more praise you give Him, the more He's going to pour on you. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Malachi said that He would open up the windows of heaven, pour out blessings, <laughs> and there might not even be room to receive it. I want some of that, don't you? <laughs> he is good, and I love Him, and I praise Him today. Remember Psalm 122.1 I was glad when they said unto us let us go into the house of the Lord. Drop down a few verses to verse 6. Remember that one. Please remember verse 
6 and 122. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They are blessed that love thee. Amen. When we love and pray for Jerusalem, God will... That's his people. That's his chosen. That's the beginning of it all. Glory, hallelujah, amen forever. Hallelujah. Let's not forget Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. You can't seek him and not receive. Wow. Praise the Lord. Are there anyone in the church today that the Lord has blessed you like we've been talking about and you'd like to praise him for it? Bless the Lord. Oh no, I can't imagine. I thank you, Lord. He's good. <laughs> oh, bless the Lord. Praise God. Amen, Sister Kim, I tell you. I, I, I know one person that loves you, and that's Brother Mike. I, I Now, your mother, I don't know about her. She, I never hear her talk much about it, but uh, your dad, when he's teaching, often he'll mention, I love that young'un. I do love <laughs> Bless you, Sister Kim. God's good, isn't he? Amen. Somebody else that you'd like to bless the Lord? Yes. Praise God. <laughs> oh, my. God is good. Yes. Yes. Oh, Bless his name. Bless his name. Oh, hallelujah, Sister Hager. Praise God. And I don't believe there's any way that you could love us any more than we love you. Amen and amen and amen. God is good, isn't he? Hallelujah. He is so good. Now, uh, Psalm 47. Verse 1 said, and let's do it. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah.
Welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. I'm just happy to be here. We went, we had to go to South Carolina for a reception uh, yesterday afternoon. We left about quarter to two and uh, didn't get home till 9.30, about 9.30. Uh, and if it had been me driving, we'd have got home about 10 o'clock. And, and we and we wouldn't have got down there until about four thirty. But and I thought when we changed drivers, I thought well it'll get a little better when we change drivers. Oh hallelujah! Glad to be here this morning. <laughs> and you know you've had back roads. You can't hardly get anywhere in South Carolina without going up a back road. But I'm not sure that the interstate wasn't as dangerous as the back road was. But I, so I'm thankful to be here. It's time to receive our tithing offering if our usher come at this time. Brother Jordan, we say the blessing over the offering this morning. Good morning. It's good to be here this morning. Praise God. Glad to be here and not at work. Yeah. It, <laughs> if I have a lot of shoes, it's because my wife's love language is giving gifts. So. Huh? <laughs> yeah. You do keep your boxes. If you, well, I ain't gonna tell you how many boxes we have if you bring your boxes in. Right, it's now time to receive prayer requests this morning. Brother Mike. Yes, let's pray for Chuck, the guy Brother Mike walks with. Gretchen.
Let's pray for Gretchen. Let's pray for Serena. Sister Hager. Pray for Sister Hager's boys, Walker and Colton, and the rest of the family. Brother Mike. Let's pray for Sister Julie's family and their salvation. Yes, let's pray for Rhonda. If she gets feeling better, let's pray for Amanda. Amen. Healing in her body as well. If that's it, uh, unspoken requests, raise hands, stand with me as we take these to the Lord this morning.
it's time to fellowship.
Yes. All right, y'all. So uh, glad you're here again. If you're watching online, hello and welcome. We have been for the past few weeks considering health and wellness. When I was talking to Shane about it this morning, and he said, that seems like work, health and wellness. I said, it is work. It is. To become healthy in any way, you have to put forth some effort. To be mentally, emotionally healthy takes effort. And to be physically healthy, Lord help us. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to enjoy myself when we get to that part of it. Like, oh bless my heart if you are a glutton put your hand in your mouth oh man come on but uh, but it is it's work to be able to get healthy and remain healthy because sometimes we get to the place we neglect ourselves we neglect our spiritual life our emotional health to the point that we're in a place that it takes a lot to dig out but that's what we're working on and will be for a while so, last week, as we talked about disappointment, how to deal with disappointment, we must understand that prayer changes things. And even if it doesn't change the situation, prayer changes me. As I come to the Lord in prayer, I am transformed, and He begins to do a work in me that I can, I can come closer to Him, I can draw nearer to Him in prayer. The second thing we learned is to rise up, that when the Lord answers... That we know and understand it is time to lift up your head. The Lord has a new plan. And then the third thing is to give birth to a new thing. Don't be afraid. Even if you failed in the past, even if your prayers were not answered the way you wanted them to be in the past, do not be afraid to go forth and give birth to a new thing. So today we are called upon to examine the condition of our heart. Heart condition. Whew. How do we feel about God? And these are questions you can ask. How do you feel about God? And from day to day, that may change. And the, the beautiful thing about God is that He is not afraid of our feelings. He is not afraid of our honest questions. So maybe one day I'm feeling great about God. God is, He's on the throne and I'm, I'm glad to be serving Him. And the next day I may be questioning God why 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 is this going on but again when we come to him with a sincere heart when our the condition of our heart is right then he does not mind us asking those things how do we feel about ourselves that's a tough one sometimes because that can change day to day <laughs> and how do we feel about our situation the place that you are right now are you understanding that God is teaching you something through the place that you are or are you railing against being there? And if it's the second one, I mean, I get it. <laughs> because again, there are plenty of times that we, that we wonder, God, why am I here? Why have you brought me to this place? But he is only good and he is sovereign. We're going to take note from a somewhat familiar story that may cause some internal reflection so let's take a look in Genesis chapter 4. Don't preach a whole lot about this. And as I was studying, let me just tell you, <clears throat> I was not a fan. Okay. I, I, I got increasingly angry as I was reading this. So just to let you know. 
So sometime after the fall, Adam and Eve were blessed with children. Eve had really been listening to the promise of the Lord when when she had Cain, she rejoiced and she said, See, I have gotten a man from the Lord. So the, the name Cain means gotten, acquired, or possessed. So the Lord had spoken that when they had sinned and there was going to be a curse on the ground because of their sin and there was going to be punishment for the for the females in, in giving birth and there was going to be a punishment for the man that it was going to, he was going to earn his he was going to earn his meals by the sweat of his brow and by his labor and bless it come on man so we see in verses 1 and 2 of Genesis chapter 4 and Adam knew Eve his wife and she conceived and bare Cain and said I have gotten a man from the Lord and she again bare his brother Abel and Abel was a keeper of the sheep but Cain was a tiller of the ground so she had this child and and the Lord had said to them there will be enmity between the serpent the enemy the devil and between the children of men but the the head of the serpent will be bruised by the heel of the man and so she thought here's the here's this child and behold this is going to break the curse so she's living in this idea that the curse is going to be broken sometime during the time of Cain. So when she gives birth to this child, she's, she has such hope in him. And she names him gotten, acquired, possessed. Look, I've gotten a man from the Lord. The Lord has answered our prayers. And, and thank goodness we don't have to suffer anymore. So it says then that she bore Abel another son some scholars suggest that this was a twin the the second brother but it may or may not have been we do not know but the name Abel means vanity weakness vapor so just imagine that within this family unit there is Adam and Eve and then there's Cain oh the one gotten of the Lord acquired possessed of God this is the one. And then you have weakness, vapor, vanity. How must Abel have felt growing up? Ah, oh, Cain, Abel. So these boys grew up with different interests and different attitudes. It says that Abel was a keeper of the sheep. This word keeper means to rule to be a companion, to pastor, or to make friendship. So Abel was out in the fields with his sheep, and he was pastoring them. He was, he was making friends with them. He was being a companion to them. All these positive ideas and words. The establishment of animals as food is not recorded until Genesis 9, so it's possible that these sheep were being raised for their wool, for clothing, instead of for slaughter. It tells us that 
Cain was a tiller of the ground. Tiller means to work, to serve, or to enslave. So even in their occupations, we see the difference in their disposition. Because Abel was just out in the field, just pastoring his sheep. He was just a companion. Just out there talking to them, petting them, loving on them. I don't know. I mean, that's if I had sheep, that's what I'd do because they're so cute. But I don't. I mean, they're kind of yucky too, right? They're they're dirty and they smell bad, but they're super adorable. So Abel's just out there, just having joy in his work. And Cain, who was doing the work of the curse, who's doing the work that that God said, this is the work that is the punishment for the sin that y'all committed. He's tilling the ground, feeling like a slave. He is enslaved to this plot of land that he's working. And we see him growing in bitterness. Verses 3 through 5 say, And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. So they both bring an offering. It's not as if one brought an offering and the other one just completely ignored God. They were both making a show, at least, of serving God. So Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel brought one of his firstlings and the fat of his animals. So consider this. What Cain was doing, he was going to have to dig up the ground anyway. He was going to have to gather the fruits of the ground. He was, they were going to be consumed regardless. But what Abel did, if we're looking historically, the fact that the lambs were not for the purpose of eating, what Abel did was a greater sacrifice. Because those little lambs, they would not have had to die. They would have just lived to their old age, growing their wool and, and being shorn every year. But Abel said, I need to bring something to the Lord that costs me something. So he slaughtered his little lamb and brought it to God. Again, there was no record that a sacrificial blood sacrifice would, had been instituted. Because even in the giving of the law, drink offerings, grain offerings, offerings that were fruit of the ground were acceptable to God. But it was the first fruits that God required. So what these two boys knew about sacrifice came either from God directly or from Adam. Think about that. This was only the second generation. Adam and Eve, first people ever. And whatever they know about God is what Adam and Eve have taught them or what God himself has spoken. 
So it's not likely that the type of offering was what mattered in this case. It was the condition of each of their hearts. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, and you know, if you want to turn there, you can, but um, she'll put it up. So Hebrews, if I can find it in my, I have lots of little places in my Bible. Oh, that's Second Peter, First Peter. You know what? I'll just read it from the screen. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. So the offering that Abel brought was one of faith. One that was more excellent than his brother. One that was a righteous sacrifice. And that even in the time of the writer of Hebrews, he said this is a testimony. What Abel did was a testimony of his faith in God. But Cain, we see, when he gives his offering in Genesis chapter 5, it says he was wroth and his countenance fell. He experienced anger and jealousy. He was downcast and pouting. We see in verses 6 through 12 of Genesis 4. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Oh, see, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. If you do right... You you get what's right. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I can Miss Williams can be kind of mean, so <laughs> I just appreciate this about the Lord. Um, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel, thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond thou shalt be in the earth. So the Lord begins to ask Cain a series of questions. And remember from a while ago that when God asks a question, he already knows the answer. He wants us to figure out the answer. He knows what the answer is. He just, like, oh, can, do, do you get it yet? So he's asking Cain to come to understand. He says, why do you feel angry and downcast? Don't you understand that if you turn your attitude around, you're going to be accepted? And we don't hear any response from Cain. He won't even reply to the Lord. The Lord keeps asking him these questions and he's just ignoring him, staying in his state of anger. But then the Lord sent this warning. Sin is crouching by the door. The idea here is like a 
a hungry jungle cat who was crouching down waiting to jump on its prey. He said, sin is crouching by the door and it longs to overtake you if you will not gain control over it. So we understand from Genesis chapter 4, early, early on, that we have the ability to take control of sin. We do not have to sin. Don't have to. When God gives us a warning, hey, sin is about to overtake you, we have the power to say, okay, Lord, I submit myself to you. I'm going to resist the devil, and he's going to flee. I do not have to submit to the sin that is crouching, waiting to overtake me. Sin is a choice. But instead of taking control of the sin, Cain allowed his feelings to control him. He talked Abel out into the field and struck him with violent intent, killing him. Another question. Cain, where's your brother? To which Cain responds with a question of his own. He says, I don't know. Am I his keeper? This word keeper means a hedge, a protector. Am I supposed to be a hedge around him? How should I know where he is? And then God asks him this question, what have you done? Again, God knew what he had done, but he was asking in a sense of not just physically, emotionally, mentally, what have you done? Understand the depth of what has just happened. You took the life. A generation before, the Holy Spirit himself had breathed the breath of life into Adam. The the air that was in Adam's lungs was the breath of the Holy Spirit. And then here comes this son, Cain, who kills the other son, Abel, who snuffs out the Spirit of God within his brother. What have you done? Do you not understand the level of awful that you have just committed? He said that the blood of Abel cried out to God from where it had been spilled. And then the Lord pronounces a new curse just for Cain. The ground had already been cursed. Now understand that humanity had not been cursed. Humanity had been punished. There's a difference. So humanity had been punished because of their sins. So the woman had pain in childbirth and the man had to work by the sweat of his brow. Those were consequences for their sin, but it wasn't, it wasn't a curse that was upon them. It was the ground that was cursed. So here he says, From now on, thou art cursed from the earth. God pronounces a curse directly to Cain. He said, This is beyond disobedience of eating the fruit you have snuffed out the spirit of God within someone you are cursed from the ground so that when you till the ground it will not yield strength to you so the thing that he had been called to his purpose in life 
would no longer come to fruition for him because of what he had done. That was the consequence of his sin. He said, you're going to be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Then notice Cain's reply to God. See, this is what, oh, it, <clears throat> the, whole, the whole situation burns me up, but this especially. 13 through 16, it says, And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Oh, my golly. Mm. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. You, you just took the life of your own brother. You, you don't get it. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. So when Cain replied to God, there was no remorse for his brother. There was no repentance in his heart. He said, my punishment is too great. Anyone who finds me will want to kill me. Anyone who sees me will want to cause me harm. You, your own brother that you grew up with in your own household. You turned your hand against him to kill him. And now you're worried about what's going to happen to you. You're missing the point. So God placed some kind of distinguishing mark to prevent people from doing harm to Cain. We don't know what the distinguishing mark is. There are plenty who, who speculate on what it could be. We don't know. And then he descended into vagrancy. Going out into the land of Nod. Meaning wandering. So he was just wandering around trying to find somewhere to stay. Some way to look after himself. See, entitlement has always existed. <sighs> studying this character, as, as y'all may be able to tell, <clears throat> studying this character has made me very angry, very upset. I was not a fan. I mean, who's a fan of Cain? No one. But as you study him more and more, oh my goodness, I just wanted to give him a good hard whipping. That's what he seemed like he needed. We point to kids today and we say, oh, society has never been worse. Well, generation two on the earth was doing this kind of mess. So there's nothing new under this sun. But if it was that easy for the son of Adam to fall into such destructive behavior patterns, perhaps we have something to learn. Perhaps we need to be on guard for the condition of our heart. The first thing that we see here is your history matters. So his entire life, Cain had been told that he was the one. You're it. 
you are it you are the one who is going to make the curse leave us you are the one that you're going to till the ground and perhaps that was the reason that he was the tiller of the ground so he's saying you're, you're the one the, the curse is going to be broken with you we're going to go back to the way it was in eden you're going to restore things so his entire life perhaps he had been hearing this narrative about his about his life you're the promised one you're it you're the greatest you are the best you're the one who's going to bruise the head of that serpent and perhaps he began to feel an entitlement i am it i am it when i do things that's the way it should be done when i come before the lord to sacrifice he's going to accept me i don't i don't need to be specific about the first fruits i don't need to get the best ones i'm the one so god's going to take whatever i give him and be happy about it okay i I don't want to put words in cain's mouth or into the bible but i can just imagine this idea it's possible also that he heard the complaints of his parents about the curse that had been placed upon the ground and the consequences that they were suffering consider that dinner table conversation we messed up kids let me gather around let me tell you this story once upon a time we lived in this garden called eden it's around here somewhere but there are angels guarding it so we can't get back in but we lived in there and we were everything was perfect and beautiful and and we had everything we could possibly need and god came down and talked with us day after day and he would spend time with us this was their history and they were sharing it with their sons but then imagine adam well your mom (laughs) your mom decided that she was going to listen to this serpent the serpent came and began talking to her and she was like yeah sure let's eat this great fruit yeah wonderful and your mom ate some of that fruit and then you know in solidarity because i didn't want her to feel alone i ate some too and then we realized hey we should have been obedient to god so what were they teaching their sons what were they teaching that god was righteous and just in punishing their sin or were they feeling that entitlement i'm god's own creation he should have he should have let me pass with that one time that single sin he should have just i can't believe the the audacity okay yeah i said y'all don't y'all don't get too crazy because sometimes we have this thought in and of ourselves Uh, the audacity of god to say i can and cannot do things i can't believe that he would tell me i mean doesn't god love me it's just one simple fruit and why can't i it's just one thing and god could have he has all the power to create the entire universe he could have forgiven just that one thing and let us stay in the garden and perhaps 
Cain and Abel grew up with that kind of narrative at the dinner table. And so Cain began to think, yeah, that's right. Why wasn't God kinder than that? Do we, do we hear that today? Oh, God is, God is too harsh. He, he shouldn't require this and this and this, and he shouldn't say that this and this and this is wrong. He's the creator of the universe. He gets to decide how it runs. So, there were times that he heard this kind of narrative, perhaps. So, what you grew up believing, what you grew up hearing, affects the way that your heart is right now. It affects the condition of your heart. So that's something to examine. Maybe you were told you were no good. That you'd never make it. That you had no hope. I just give up. Just, you know, you're not, you're not a tiller of the ground. You're not the one who's going who's gonna to break the curse. Just go out into the field. Just get out of my sight. Just go look after those sheep and, and just get away from me. Perhaps that was what you grew up with. That, that you felt like you were less than that you were not as important. And that has affected your heart to the point that you can't accept the love of God. That you can't accept how much Jesus loves you. Or maybe there was pressure for you to be the best and the greatest. If you're not number one, then you're a loser. You know, if you're not the best, then... Why even try? Strive, strive, strive. Work. Step on the little people if you have to. The end justifies the means. Do what you have to do to be the greatest and the best. Maybe you were told, well, you're important, but these people aren't. Step on them. It doesn't matter. Before we say, oh, that wasn't me, ask yourself, how do you feel about your brother? Because Cain looked at his brother with hatred. A person who had the breath of God in his lungs, the Holy Spirit that had provided for him, and he hated him. The second thing to think is to check your attitude. Oh, Lord, help us all. <laughs> Amen. Lord, help me. Please, Lord, help me. One constant in this story is that Cain always had a bad attitude. Throughout the entire thing, his attitude was poor. He was disinterested in, in service to God. He was angry that his half-hearted offering was not accepted. He was jealous that Abel's offering was favored by God. He pouted when he was not accepted. He was plotting to do harm to his brother. He was malicious in killing his brother in cold blood. There was deceit in his response to God. I don't know where he is. Am I a hedge of protection around him? 
No. There was disrespect for God's holiness. How dare he, how dare anyone speak to God that way? Pfft. I don't know where he is. There was self-pity over the merciful punishment of God. Throughout the entire story, bad, ugly, nasty attitude. We need to check our hearts. We need to check our attitudes. Because you may not exhibit all these poor attitudes, but do you have issues with any of them? Do any of these creep up into your heart sometimes? Into your mind sometimes? Because these things are sin crouching at the door, waiting to have control over us. They can, these little tiny things can become big things when we do not get them under control. Are we ignoring the warnings of God when he tells us you need to change your attitude? Sometimes, I'll, I'll be honest, sometimes the Lord's like, you need to have a better attitude. Like, I don't want to have a better attitude. I like the attitude I have right now. But then I try to Lord forgive me, and then I try to do better. <laughs> Shane Williams can kind of attest to that. <laughs> He's like, mm, your attitude. Lord help us. Lord help me. But it's something that we have to check within ourselves. Check your attitude. Huh. Do you attempt to justify yourself when you've done wrong? Oh, well, that was just a small thing. It didn't hurt anybody. It hurt God. The third thing that we see is that you're not above sinning. Sin was crouching at the door of Cain's heart, ready to pounce on him like a jungle cat. Regardless of what he had been told by his parents or how he tried to dismiss the warnings, Sin desired to control him. Sin desires to control each and every one of us. Sin waits for opportunities. It's th- those those jungle cats, you know, those lions and tigers. They'll they'll wait until the perfect time. They don't just go running out and bless. This, that reminds me of our, our cat, bless his heart. I've had him since he was very small, like maybe four to six weeks old. So too, really too small to be um, leaving his mom, but I didn't take him from her. <laughs> so bless him. He knows how to cat mostly, but he doesn't know how to hunt at all. Bless him. He'll, he'll sit by the, by the window in the, at the back door. And he'll like do that little cackling thing when he sees uh, birds outside. And he'll look and he'll like kind of flinch a little, like, oh, just let me at him. And I'm like, okay, fine. And he'll, he'll just scratch at the door, like, please, please let me go out there. And we'll open the door. And he'll just run full force out into the middle of like a group of birds. And they all fly away. It's like, he looks so disappointed. He just doesn't know how to wait. But the enemy of your soul does. He knows what it's like to wait for the perfect opportunity and to pounce when you're at your weakest. That is the kind of thing that he does. So 
be on the lookout because none of us are above sin. We are none of us above the temptation of the enemy. No matter how long you've been serving the Lord, no matter how close you are to him, the enemy knows the kinds of things that will tempt us. He will know the kinds. And a lot of times, the the older you get in Christ, and I've noticed this in myself, the older you get in in Christ, the um, the more mature you become in Christ. It's not necessarily the outside things. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't tempt you to, to lie or to steal. But he tempts you to be self-righteous. He tempts you to be judgmental. And it's things that we can't see. It's things that no one else would know. And everyone looking at you said, Oh, they're, they're such a great Christian, so strong in the Lord. But those are the temptations oftentimes. It's a heart condition. That the enemy will tempt us with. Something on the inside that I can feel this way and no one will ever know it. Cain did not take the warning seriously. But he soon discovered that sin has punishment. If we do not take sin seriously, we will be overcome by it. There's, there's no getting around it if we don't take sin seriously. And I'm not saying be afraid of the enemy because Jesus, when he died on the cross and shed his blood, it, the enemy is under our feet. But that's where he needs to stay. Even from Genesis chapter 4, God said, you can have control over sin. You can step on the head of the enemy. <laughs> so he could have been that. He could have been, but he, he didn't. He could have stepped on the head of the serpent and said, no, I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to allow this to grow within me. But he didn't do that. We should watch for this, the effects of sin. We should watch for how it's affecting our heart condition. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Our hearts are the seat of our emotional and mental health. So they need to be guarded. Remember that your history matters. Check your attitude. And remember that you are not above sinning. As we go to the Lord in prayer today, as the music plays, if you need, if this needs to be a time of repentance, the Lord is here to receive that prayer of repentance. If you have allowed sin to overtake you, then he is here to receive and to give to receive your your confession and give forgiveness. I encourage you to examine your heart today as we go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you first asking forgiveness. God confessing that oftentimes we have bad attitudes. Lord, I confess that, that there are times that I have a bad attitude. That I become angry too quickly or I become judgmental, self-righteous. God, those are the kinds of things that can, can dig into my heart. Father, I ask you now that you would forgive me. Now that I confess these sins to you, I, I confess that sometimes that's the type of heart attitude that I have. That's the, the condition of my heart. And I ask your forgiveness. And I pray for each and every person who's here. That as they examine their hearts, Lord, I pray that you would show them places that they need forgiveness. 
Father, if they are if they are looking down in judgment on someone else. God, if they are pouting about your decisions. Lord, if they're if they are trying to say that you're unfair in the things that that you're asking them to do or the sins that you're asking them to give up. God, I just pray that you would deal with their hearts today. God, for each and every one of us that we would hear and receive from you. Father, your forgiveness. God, your grace fall like rain today on each and every heart. I pray that you would help us to understand that we need to guard our hearts. Father God, I pray for each and every person that is that is struggling, that their history has said, you're no good, you're never going to amount to much. Based on where you came from, how could God love you? How could God use you? God, I, I speak against that in Jesus' name because that is not true. That is not the truth of, of your word. The, the truth of your word is that we are more than conquerors. Lord, that we are beloved, that we are head and not the tail, that we are above only and not beneath, that we are a royal priesthood. God, we understand that your word speaks truth about us. And so if there is something in our, in our hearts that's keeping us from loving you completely, if it's something in our hearts keeping us from receiving your love wholeheartedly, I pray that you would heal that right now. God, that you would speak life into people today. Speak life into them. You are a mighty warrior. That's what God says about you. You are more than a conqueror. That's what God says about you. His is the only truth to receive. Father God, I pray that you would work in those who who may have felt that their only worth was how much they could accomplish. Father, I pray that they would find rest in you today. That they would understand that that a trophy is not what it takes to make you proud. But it is surrender. It is giving you our hearts. Father, we just ask that you would work and move in each and every person now. That you would reclaim their history. That you would change it. God, that that they would see from your faithfulness in years past that you are so good. Lord, I pray that you would work on the condition of each of our hearts, that you would help us to honor you and please you in our emotions and our thoughts and our attitudes. And God, I pray that you would keep us from sin. Lord, put a hedge of protection around us that the enemy cannot get in and that we cannot get out. That there's no way we can step out. Lord, put that hedge of protection around us that, that we can't step into sin. Lord, that if we even get close, that you pull us right back in. Father God, I pray that you would help us to walk circumspectly. Lord, like the Bible says, that we walk looking all around. That we walk seeing the places that the enemy could tempt us. And that, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. Resist the devil and he will flee. That's your word. We trust in your word. We believe it. God, we ask your will be done in each and every life. That you would change the condition of our hearts. That you would help us. That our attitudes would be changed. That our attitudes would look more and more like you. God, we thank you. We trust you. We believe in you. We know that you can. We know that you will. Thank you, Lord, for each and every person who's dealing with it right now. We just, we ask your will be done. Speak to those hearts. 
Help us each to know that there is forgiveness. And no matter how you've acted in the past, God can forgive. God can heal. He can restore. No matter what you've been told, it's God is truth and all men liar. God, we just we surrender to you now. We surrender to you. surrender our hearts to you, God. Speak to hearts. Plant the seed of your word, the truth of what you said. Let it grow in our hearts. And now we say over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you, and may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.